What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Batman News Weekly, episode number six in season one. Man, Batman Day happened this past weekend, and there's been so much news. It didn't all drop on Batman Day, but so many things have dropped. And I actually have some podcast news for you, because going forward, Fanboy Clay is going to be joining each week on the podcast, so you will have both of us here for Batman News Weekly. There might be from time to time if he can't join, I'll still do the podcast myself, but going forward, you should have the services of Fanboy Clay. Fanboy Clay, tell everybody what's up. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm really excited to be on the show. You know, I was the first guest, and I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, with working with Juice on basically a daily basis already uh he has gotten me more into batman as a whole so i'm learning a little bit more about him and his character and everything else and i mean who doesn't know about batman but you know just learning a little bit more about the details of batman and everything else so learning more about movies, video games, and comics all together is really, really awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and the one thing that I really like about this partnership now is, you know, we do, on this podcast, I don't shy away from talking about, you know, particular topics, whether it be race issues with casting, which we're going to have some very interesting topics about that today for Batman casting news. We'll talk about that later. But I, I like having conversations. Those are my biggest things. I like people's different viewpoints and just actually discussing these big things because although some people might say comic books are child, childish or whatever for kids they actually cover some really serious topics and they talk about real world stuff and that's why they were invented although people genuinely forget that all the freaking time that you know comic books were created for social issues and uh, yeah so it's gonna be really cool to actually bounce off ideas and have dialogue about a lot of these events that are going on in the world of Batman which we're gonna go ahead and jump right into this because there is so much happening in the world of Batman whether that be movies games or comic books this last week the news went off and we're gonna start off with the Batman casting news for Matt Reeves' upcoming movie, where we could possibly have our new James Gordon, aka Commissioner Gordon, and Riddler or Penguin. The rumors that are going on that happen is we're gonna get the actor Jeffrey Wright as a possible Commissioner Gordon in Batman. Now, the interesting thing about this is I've actually never seen Jeffrey Wright in anything. A lot of people say he's an amazing actor, but the one thing people are going to notice or complain about is that he is an African-American actor. So everybody's like, James, what? James Gordon's white. He's not going to be black. And so that's the one thing a lot of people are complaining about on the internet. The second person that is possibly being casted for this movie and is up for two roles, they just don't know which one he's going to play yet, is Jonah Hill and he could be up for Riddler or Penguin. So, crazy names, both phenomenal actors, apparently. I know Jonah Hill is. I haven't seen Jeffrey in anything. But, Clay, what are your opinions on these possible castings for the Batman? You know, at first, I kind of, like, I do you know that meme, that newer meme of that chick that's like, uh, maybe, yeah, no, yeah? I was, I was that way with Jeffrey Wright. Recently, of course, some of his bigger roles, that being in HBO's Westworld, is like his biggest one. Show him. Uh, I still haven't seen that either. I've heard really, really good things about it. Um, but most recently, what he's been announced in is, I know you're not a huge fan of the MCU, but on Disney+, Plus, they're going to have this What If series, and it's going to be very cartoony. Uh, Okay. Yeah, it's not going to be live action. It's all going to be animated. And he's going to be the voice of the Watcher, which in DC, he could be related to 
basically the monitor. He watches over the multiverse and the universe and everything else. Uh, so yeah. wasn't Stan Lee's cameo the Watcher? He was a Watcher because the Watchers are oh, like okay. a group of people, and okay. it, Stan Lee was a Watcher who was basically uh, disguised as a human, and he took the form of Stan Lee. So oh, okay, yeah. The Watchers remind me of the Green Lantern people. Oh yeah, the, the guys. Yeah, on yeah, the uh, the yeah. Guardi- uh, Guardians. Yeah. So uh, I just actually looking at this article on BatmanNews.com. Uh, I didn't know Jeffrey. I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I didn't see this. But Jeffrey Wright actually tweeted Matt Reeves' uh, "Happy Batman Day." I didn't know that. Oh, really? So yeah, he retweeted it with the little monocle, like "Oh, question," like kind of thing. Nice. So that's really interesting. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's locked into this. I know these everything. Both of these are in talks. Uh, but you know, uh, majority of the times when people are in talks, it's. I would say more than half the time they usually get the role. Yeah, I mean, so you know, be with the news that we had earlier with Robert Pattinson, when he was in talks, he hadn't even auditioned yet. So yeah, I guess true. we can't really say that. But with a big name like Wright, I think he is, you know, going to be the choice, especially when the Mahersha Ali rumor came up that he was supposed to be Commissioner Gordon. And, you know, his involvement now with the MCU I think he's a little too busy to go into DC right now. I think Wright is a really cool choice. He's a very interesting choice. There's been a couple people that have been making gifts of uh, Jeffrey Wright and Pattinson and Jeffrey Wright and BVS stuff with Batman. And it looks really, really cool. So... Yeah, I mean, I think he can pull it off. He definitely has a stash. He's got a very thick beard, which I think you need when you're going to play freaking Gordon. You need to have that thick stash, and it can't be fake. So I'm glad he's going to be able to have a stash there. And I don't know. I Like I said, I haven't seen his stuff. But, I mean, just looking at him, I'm like, yeah, this guy looks like he can play a detective, like a hard-nosed detective if he needs to. So I think he's going to have the look. And then, like I said, this does, you mentioned the Mahershala Ali thing. Apparently, that was Matt Reeves' number one choice. We also heard that Jamie Foxx was up for a role in the Batman. And also, and I, I hate that I do this, I always forget his name. He played Gus on Breaking Bad. I can I never remember his name. his name either. Yeah, sorry to that actor if you happen to be listening to this show. But, uh, yeah, I always forget that actor's name. But he was also up for this role. And now with the casting of Wright, it could be that, uh, you know, they those people are no longer in play. They could still be, but more than likely they were all up for the role of possibly being Gordon. Now, uh, we'll talk about Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill in a little bit, but the more interesting thing about Wright, and I think a lot of people didn't care about him getting cast, but everybody was like, holy crap! Batgirl is going to be a person of color now. And uh, you can look at that. Of course, that, you know, logically you would think so. But at the same time, Batgirl could be adopted because there has been, I believe, versions in the comic book where Barbara's not actually Jim Gordon's daughter. And I just read Long Halloween. And in Long Halloween, she's actually his niece. So there could be, you know, if they still wanted to go, you know, white girl with red hair there's still that possibility could be adopted could be niece whatever so uh you know if you're if you want to hold on to a little bit of hope you can do that but i would say don't i honestly think they are going to go with a person of color i think there would be more backlash if they decided to go the adopted route and still have a caucasian with red hair you know to be more comic accurate there would be more backlash to be like oh you had the one chance to make this character a person of color and you didn't take it 
I think there would be a little bit of a backlash. But like I showed you today at work, they technically have already made Batgirl into a person of color with the Lego Movie 2. Uh, they actually made her Puerto Rican. Which I would not mind that because, again, uh, you guys know if you've been listening to this podcast forever, if you've been watching my videos on Bat from the Box, I'm all about Latinos getting in here. So I would be okay, and this was rumored in Whedon's run of the possible meaning in the Batgirl movie, that he was looking for somebody that was going to be mixed. And it was uh, some, I forget her, I didn't, I mean, she's a, she's got a big role on that show, The 100 but she was up, or it was rumored she was up for the role, and she is also mixed as well. I believe she's like white and Mexican or something like yeah. that. So I'm kind of hoping we get a mixed Batgirl with possibly, they'll more than likely go black-white because that's how they always do. But give me a black and like Latino fucking mix. That'd be dope. Because you can just cast somebody that's Latino, and they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, give them a Latino mother or whatever, yeah, blah, blah, sure. blah. Boom, you're done. It would basically be like the Miles Morales. Exactly. That would be awesome. And I love that dynamic in the movie uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Like, the mom was cool. She was a nurse. The dad was a cop. That was dope. Yep. Like, that was a really cool dynamic. So I'm really kind of holding, you know, we get a half Latino up in there for Batgirl. That would be really dope. But, you know, at the same time, it's going to be really interesting to see where they go. Because rumors, like, if this is going to play into, like, okay, Batgirl is going to be somebody like uh, Janelle Monet, who I threw out there for Catwoman bringing up Catwoman, the rumors are that they're going to cast a person of color for Catwoman. And I'm just hoping they're not going to like, all right, Gordon's going to be a black actress or a black actor. Then, you know, Catwoman's going to be a black actress, blah, blah, blah. I'm hoping we really get some diversity in here uh, because I don't know who all these other roles are going to go to, you know? Like a lot of the other rumored castings that have been out there are white actors or black actors, but I haven't seen any Latinos. And so I'm just kind of like holding my, you know, holding my fingers here crossed to that we're going to get somebody different. You know, yeah, for sure. So uh, that's really interesting, but we'll have to wait and see uh, because I believe the Batgirl movie all depends on how good Birds of Prey does. So if Birds of Prey doesn't do well, then we might not get a Batgirl movie, and we'll go from there. But I don't know. I'm pretty sure Matt Reeves is just going to show everybody at one point in his trilogy. So we'll wait and see. But moving on to Jonah Hill as possibly the Penguin or the Riddler. What are your takes on that? It has been a long time since I've seen Jonah Hill in anything. There has been, uh, there was a movie with Brad Pitt that he did, a baseball movie. I never saw that. Never saw there that. was the Netflix series that he did with Emma Stone. Haven't seen that. Uh, I want to watch that. We talked about at work, he did uh, War Dogs. Is that what it's called? Yeah, War Dogs with um, the guy that was uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, he has a, a unique last name, I think. Uh, but I don't know the the guy that with the main guy that played in Fantastic Four. Oh, he played uh, Reeves. Okay, yeah, haven't seen that. I genuinely think one of the last things that I've seen Jonah Hill is either no, it probably will be uh, twenty what twenty one Jump Street. I think that was the last thing I saw from Jonah Hill, and in there. He, you didn't watch Wolf of Wall Street? No, I still haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street. Ah, he's great in that. Uh, I've yeah, I've heard really good things from his performances because he came he he came into acting as a comedic actor, you know, with Superbad. I think that was his debut. It may not have been, but that was the really big film that put him on the map. So and that also had Emma Stone exactly. So for yeah. me to to know him from super bad and then to see him in 21 jump street those are all comedic roles from i said this last time i was on your podcast the big thing with comedic actors is that 
there's this weird phenomenon that they have range and whatever they can do. Yeah. And from what I've heard, Jonah Hill has that range. He can do those different things. So I'm really excited to see what he puts into whichever character he gets, whether that be uh, Penguin, whether that be Riddler. You know, I was talking to you today about rumors that he may not even get those two roles and randomly get Bullock in there. Um, that would be weird. It would. It would. And I, I'm okay with him being chosen, but I am not okay with the information that you gave me yesterday. Right? Was it yesterday or the day before about that he wants ten million? About the amount of money that he's wanting. Well, I mean, again, uh, you know, he does have range. He's been nominated for Oscars, I think, twice. One for that baseball movie. One for Wolf of Wall Street. And uh, we'll see what happens come February. I don't know what else he's been in recently. But, uh, yeah, he's a phenomenal actor. And because uh, I have seen him in Wolf of Wall Street and some other things, and I think he is great. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when it comes to that, I mean, Jonah Hills does seem to be somebody that really likes fashion and stuff. So, you know, you got to pay those bills. You know, if you want to buy some really fancy clothes, you got to get that, you know, you got to get that money. So he might it might be one of those things where he's trying to use it as a tactic. Like, oh, yeah, I want 10 million. They'll be like, no, 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 we'll give you five, you know, or something like that. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be those. All I'm things. saying is that somebody else in the DCEU tried that tactic. And so far, <laughs> I don't think it's worked. So yeah, well, I believe they said they wanted twenty. They wanted Downey Jr. money. <laughs> so you know, at that time, WB wasn't making billion dollar movies. So you know, I think that was shooting for the stars. But I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see who Jonah Hill gets. Obviously, everybody casts him as the Penguin, and it's because of his weight and stuff like that. And everybody says if you've seen War Dogs, he would be the perfect Stop Penguin. That shaving but juice. I, uh, Stop it. Yes. Hey, that's what I'm telling you what the internet's saying, okay? <laughs> but at the same time, I would be interested to see him as Riddler. It's very hard for me to get away from the lanky, nerdy Riddler. Like, I've Gotham always liked that Carrey kind of Riddler. And, yeah. Yeah, and I, I like that. I don't want him to be Jim Carrey. You don't want, you don't like, want, that was a little you too don't want much. the one piece that was too suit? campy. No, I, I mean, you could give me that, but it, like, I don't want it to be that campy. You know Dude, what I mean? Imagine Jonah Hill in that latex suit. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow. Now I'm just thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Like it, I think with the Riddler, I think it gives you a, a like a role that you might, he might take you by surprise, you know, cause you don't know what to expect from him. Uh, but I would also hate to get like a super serious Riddler. You know what I mean? Cause he's supposed to be like a smart ass that thinks he knows everything and just wants to, you know, kind of just mess with you. But ma majority of the time, Riddler's kind of like, he is super intelligent, but at the same time, he is still kind of a dork. So um, I don't know. I just don't want to. I do feel like if Matt Reeves is going to go and start using these rogues in like every movie, like very differently. I feel like Jonah Hill being the penguin as somebody that could be in every movie as the mob boss or as the mob threat or whatever in a trilogy. I think he fits more suited there. Opposed to where I don't see the Riddler being able to play that much of a role in a trilogy if you wanted to. So if you're going to pay Jonah Hill a big amount of money, give him the 10 mil over three movies or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it'll be really interesting to see where they go. I wouldn't mind him in either role, but personally, yeah, I would cast him as Penguin because I just feel like he's more suited for that. In the movies I've seen, in him, seen him in, in Wolf of Wall Street, he has some scenes where he does get kind of authoritative in it so yeah i don't know i'm these all these roles seem kind of good i only honestly give a damn about catwoman that's all i care about right now i'm, I'm telling you role, man. and like you mentioned we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna get that role 
until we get everybody else. It's gonna yeah. it's and the bookends are gonna be Batman and Catwoman. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're gonna do something like they did with Batman, where they're gonna have multiple women and they're gonna be like, You all have to come in, you all have to get in this Catwoman suit, and we have to see how good you Ooh, look. But see, because that's exactly what they did with Patterson Pattinson. Which bat which not bat suit, which Catwoman suit? Do you want? They're gonna give her the. They're gonna give her the torn up one. They're gonna put everybody in that torn up one. Well, no, 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 yeah, 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 for the test screening. Oh, like you're talking about for the yeah. movie? Uh, man, see, I don't know because if he's doing Long Halloween, I wonder if he'll go campy, like I, the actual purple cat I suit. I kind of would like to see Joelle Jones's new suit with like the the one with like, the armpit things. Yeah, and with stuff? the open armpit. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, but I am like. I, the Arkham suit, I've always liked that one too. Like the one that she wears in the Arkham suit with the goggles and stuff. I've always been a big fan of that one. Um, but I just don't want them to like make them tactical. Like make them like it is exactly in the comic book. Because I, I hated Anne Hathaway's. Like I was not a fan of her outfit. So like, and then she had the ones that she, they were goggles, but then when she put them up on her head, they were ears. Yeah. That, and I was like, no. That was, I was like, that's That cheap. was weird. And you know, Catwoman doesn't, isn't really tactical. So I think that's a little weird. I don't want to go back to Catwoman, like the movie Catwoman suit. Oh, um, yeah. I almost want to go as – like the the furthest – well, not the furthest, but like the closest to campy that I want is Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, I could do that. That, w- that would be interesting. I mean, it's going to really – I think Catwoman's suit depends on what Batman suit we're getting. Because if Batman's, like, super, he's getting a tactical suit, they're probably going to go with, like, a tactical, like, you know, whatever. But apparently, if the, uh, you know, the castings or the, I forget what they call them, the, you know, when they send out something like, this is what we're looking for. Uh, I forget what the, t- the word for it is. But uh, the Catwoman one was, like, 20 to 30-year-old that is going to be in, like, they didn't use the word latex. I think they might have used spandex or something like that. Like, a very basically, a, a tight suit yeah. is what you're going to be getting into and stuff like that. So, it'll be interesting to see if they've had anybody come in and read for it. Because, I think, they, you know, I think the reason why they said they want a Zoe Kravitz type character is, or type actress, is I believe she came to WB and, like, did a testing for it. But I don't think it was actually to audition. It was just like, hey... You're going to be put in this spot to, you know, just, you know, see the chemistry of how Robert Pattinson does as Batman. That would be interesting. You heard that from somebody? I I think I did hear that from somebody because it would be weird to be like, hey, we want Zoe Kravitz type. And then Zoe Kravitz is like, well, why didn't they just ask? Yeah. And I don't know. That's where I get kind of weird with scoopers, man, because like sometimes I feel like scoopers just throw out who they want and they kind of work it into their story. So uh, that's why I'm like, if it doesn't come from like Variety or Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Reporter, or sometimes even Deadspin Hollywood, everybody else I'm kind of like, mm, I'll wait and see. Like, you know, some people do have really good track records, but they've also, you know, hit or missed on things before too. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It sucks. I do. I, I'm pretty sure what you have said, it is going to be the last casting we get. But who would, just before we switch on to the next stuff, who do you want for the other roles? Like Fire, who would you pick for Firefly, Two Face, you know, and um, who else is? Who are I am starting to really like the idea, just because we've been getting a lot of trailers with them. Aaron Paul as Firefly, I think. That'd be I think cool. that would be really, really cool. Everything that I've 
seen Firefly in as far as the animated stuff and then read as Firefly. He kind of has that Ch Jesse Pinkman type persona. So I would really dig that. As far as Two-Face, gosh, that's... that's I'm not really sure because, you know, the, the, the one gentleman that they also threw in there as far as uh, the people of color that Matt Reeves was interested in, you actually did a video on it on your YouTube channel. I uh, The gentleman's na name does not come to me uh, right now. I haven't seen him in anything. So I think it would be interesting to put him as Two-Face. But I think ever since The Dark Knight, Two-Face is a little bit more on the map. And so that actor, Aaron, I forgot that actor's Oh, Taylor Thomas, that one? Or Taylor Johnson? I think... That one? The guy that was in Kick-Ass? No, 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 no. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, while you're looking that up, I'm actually... So, me personally, Two-Face, it got thrown out there and, like, somebody were like, oh, he could be Batman, was Oscar Isaac. And I think if, you know, if you're not going to give me a Latina Catwoman, you better give me a Latina somebody. So, uh... And if Two-Face... Aaron oh, Eckhart from The Dark Knight. Like, because he had such a big performance... Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit harder to to move away from that idea. And the same thing, you know, you're, you're going to have the same discussions with Two-Face that people are having with Joker. You know, Heath Ledger was the best, you know, who, you know, nobody could really stand up to him, blah, blah, blah. We're getting that kind of vibe or even, you know, possibly better with this new Joker movie with Walking Phoenix. But as far as Two-Face... You really think that's going to happen for the Two-Face? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen for Two-Face. I think so. I mean, they, no one did a really good job at making Harvey Dent a character you actually cared about in Dark Knight. I truly cared about that character. I was like, man. And when you saw him fall over into the vat of like gasoline or whatever that was falling on the ground, I was like, oh no, here it comes. This is going to ruin his entire life. And I, I truly think because, I mean, The Dark Knight was a huge movie, and it still is. At least I would think so. So I think people will compare Eckhart's performance when trying to think of a new name for Two-Face. So right now, I'm not sure who I would choose yeah, as, I could as, see that, as two but Face. With, when it comes to that, I don't think it's going to be so big because you've actually had some people that have sucked at playing Two-Face. Which, although, what's-his-name was okay... Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, but it was super campy, so nobody's going to compare that to him, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to bring up his name. Whereas Joker, pretty much everybody, people exclude Leto, and of course, um, I'm forgetting the one from the 60s name, the one that was actually a Latino that played uh -huh. him. Uh, you know, they don't bring him into it just because it was campy, but... Yeah, I just feel like Joker has been played by a lot of great people, and that's why everybody's like, who's the best, who's the best? And then, of course, even the animated Joker is the best one of all time, obviously. But, uh, you know, every it feels like a majority of people that play Joker are great at doing it, and I think that's why he gets talked about so much. And it's yeah. also because he is such a big character that so many people have got to play him. So I think that's why there's so much more discussions when it comes to him. But we're going to go ahead and move on from this. And we're going to go quickly moving on to, uh, just to just throw this out there. But Suicide Squad has started filming. So uh, yeah. that is something that some people might not know. A lot of people were, were saying that it was going to start filming today or yesterday, Monday, whatever Monday was. But it was actually filming over the weekend. Uh, you know, this was posted by James Gunn on his Instagram. Somebody had asked him, like, have you started filming? Or I think he posted a photo of some, like, a bunch of the cast. And he was like, oh, yeah, here's some of the Suicide Squad. And somebody was like, oh, you know, when are you going to start filming? And in the comments, he said, we already started filming today. 
And then somebody else posted like, oh, all these people are going to die, which Gunn responded. He's like, sadly, we're all going to die, which I thought was hilarious. So dry, Gunn has no problem. Yeah, Gunn has no problem commenting like harsh stuff or just funny stuff to his fans, which I think is hilarious. But yeah, I just want to throw that out there that Suicide Squad has started filming. It's going to be very interesting to see, um, you know, Margot Robbie go straight from finishing Birds of Prey reshoots to jumping into this new Harley Quinn or not new Harley Quinn, but this other movie with Harley Quinn, which is going to be Suicide Squad. If the rumors from previous like suggestions of what the, the script was going to be about, she's I mean, she's supposed to be a huge role in this movie. So I'm kind of hoping that James Gunn being such a comic book nerd that he is or somebody that cares about characters in his movies, I'm really hoping we finally get like a solid Harley Quinn costume in this. That's really the biggest thing I want. I'm pretty sure he's going to keep the tattoos, but I'd kind of love for him to get away from it as well. But I don't know how much say he has in that and changing that much of her appearance. But I'm just kind of hoping we get a really solid Harley Quinn comic book outfit in this Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, I'm 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 super excited to see what you know, we saw a lot of these people and the picture that they that he posted wasn't any tease for the movie whatsoever. Yeah, it was more of the it was like an after dinner. Yeah, photo it was an after dinner thing. photo. And it was most of the people that were kind of just thrown out there as far as the cast last minute. You saw Nathan Fillion. Yeah, um, I believe you saw Ratcatcher was in there. The girl that's going to yeah, play Ratcatcher. Ratcatcher was in there. His brother was in there as well. Um yeah, uh, Rourke was he in it? Rourke was not in there. But one thing okay. that he did, Rooker, yeah, yeah Rourke. Rooker. Somebody asked, like, "Hey, why did your brother shave his head?" And he said, "Oh, well, I guess you'll just have to wait and see." So, I'm really oh. excited to actually see uh, his brother play a role in this. I, I'm pretty sure uh, if you've ever listened to Michael Rosenbaum's uh, podcast, he actually had his brother on there recently, and they talked a little bit, and he said, like, whenever gun wants to do something with him he automatically just like yeah put me in it like i think that's so he's probably gonna live then especially if gun's gonna do three movies maybe we're assuming that he's gonna do more movies after this because he's done with guardians after this hopefully yeah hopefully he's done with guardians hopefully this will be his next trilogy and we'll get three more suicide squad movies on top of the one he's about to start filming or not with the one he's about to start filming uh so hopefully his brother's gonna stay i mean obviously we know he has no problem with killing uh rooker so Rooker might die immediately. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like he picked a very bunch of odd people uh, to be in his Suicide Squad. And I, I'm all for it. I love that Gunn likes to take obscure characters and try to bring them into relevance. So uh, I'm all for that movie. I would really hope that he can get a Batman cameo. Not Maybe not in this movie, but the next one, which would be really dope. Because that's the one thing I think Suicide Squad should have had was Batman should have been the villain in that whereas all of the suicide squad people are just terrified of them and i've always wanted that perspective in a comic book movie of you know there was a a really classic batman animated episode where everybody was kind of talking about how batman like those are their nightmares and i thought that was really cool and i would love to see that in a film but you know we didn't you know suicide squad was very not like anything anybody thought was gonna be you know kind of trash (laughs) you know i'll say that so, uh, but you know, it, it's whatever. It, at least it's getting a soft. You, you mean Academy you Award-winning Suicide Squad? 
Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. I mean, it made boatloads of money still. So, you know, shout out to David Ayer for that because not everybody can do that. And it, I guess people just like the aesthetic or the people in it or whatever. I just, I hate that we didn't get a movie that we were promised. And I know Snyder Cut fans are going to be like, oh, Snyder Cut, Snyder Cut. Okay, so <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because this actually comes into a segue. I'm going to actually throw something at you uh, for this episode. Hollywood Reporter uh, article came out, or a little bit of an article. It was more of like a question that they threw out there on Twitter. But it said, if Warner Brothers can make films with multiple actors playing the Joker, could someone else take up the Harley Quinn mantle from R- Margot Robbie for a dark, darker standalone? For like the black label? Yeah. Do you? So this actually will be a great segue into uh, our comics later. You know, just thinking about this, do you think it would be something that they should do or can do or whatever, making a darker story for Harleen? Harley? Uh, no. I'm going to say no. And the reason why is because there was rumor. One, Margot Robbie could do that part. That's one of the reasons why. So, like, you don't need to go darker because we know from the Suicide Squad that there was some dark shit there. And that they filmed it. It just didn't make it into the film. And that we were supposed to get, like, five different Harley movies that were rumored. And one of them was going to be a Harley Joker movie. And it was going to be with Leto, and it was going to be with Har- it was going to be with Margot Robbie, and that could have been pretty awesome. But I think at this point, if you want to just show her trauma over, I mean, it looks like they're going to get rid of her trauma in this film, yeah, this upcoming one, because it's you know the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So I think she's going to go through some shit or relive some shit in this one, and then you know it's going to be like, oh, I'm fun Harley again. But Harley, if anybody's ever read her stuff, that trauma always comes back. And it's like people in real life. You don't. It doesn't just go away. Like you can get triggered by something. I know people make fun of the word triggered, but it's a true yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Like everybody gets triggered by something, and you know people that have been through abuse can easily fall back into that. So I can understand that. Like it would be a cool concept, but I would I would want to see Robbie do that. I would want to because she's such a good actress. Yeah, for sure. So I would hate for somebody else to come in and do that part when she could easily do it. So, um, yeah, I, I would be against that one. Uh, I'd go more for your Wildcat idea yeah. than a Margot Robbie one. Uh, but anyways, so we'll be talking about the new Harleen Black Label book later on in the episode. But the next thing we're going to jump to is Batman Day. Batman Day happened this past Saturday. Uh, hopefully you guys had a great Batman Day. One of the things that was happening all over the world was bat signals were being lit in, you know, big towns and cities and stuff like that. Uh, DC was kind of all over the place, which was pretty cool. We did have not major announcements. Uh, one of the biggest announcements uh, that we will be talking here about in a little bit was we got the new Batman writer for the comic book coming out. But the one thing that got talked about the most on Batman Day was a little cryptic message from WB Montreal, which is the company that gave us Batman Origins. Was it is it called Arkham Origins or is it Origins? I think it's uh, Arkham Origins. I think is the okay. So title. it was the one, basically the one Batman that had great boss fights, is what you'll know it as, and not made by Rockstar. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, so the one, uh, the one Batman game that has that, but they had a picture of the bat symbol. I believe it was in New York. Yeah, it was a right? it was a it video was, of yeah. New York, and I randomly clicked on it, 
and because I thought it was a picture, so I just clicked on it, and then it ended up being a 27 second ish video. And on three different parts in the video, it like went statically, staticky, and you could see something in the static. And then somebody took those stills from that video. It's three cryptic uh, symbols. Symbols. Which we have now found out is the symbol for the Court of Owls, the Order of Saint Order Dumas. of Saint Dumas, and the uh, League of Assassins. So yeah. that's what people have said. Yeah. There's no confirmation yeah, on this, sure. for sure. But somebody have they pulled out like symbols from other like things in the game or whatever, and they're like, these are these things. So uh, what everybody thought was this was getting announced on Tuesday because PlayStation had an event called State of Play where they released the freaking Last of Us trailer, Last of Us Two, which is an amazing game that Clay has not played yet. No, I have yet. not. Um, but it is an amazing game that I can't wait to come out. It comes out in February. Everybody thought at the end of that convention or conference, whatever it was, that we were going to get a sneak peek at this new Batman game. It was going to be some kind of announcement. Well, that came and went, and there was no announcement, and apparently the internet was not happy. State of play was only 30 minutes. Like, how like how can you get somebody hyped up and then all of a sudden be like, oh, by the way, here's three trailers. Yeah. Okay, bye. Like, that's so yeah. messed up. But... Well, I'm very curious about, I don't understand the state of play thing because, you know, PlayStation usually has a bigger conference towards the end of the year. I know we're getting there, but they usually have a conference that's like two days. It's called like PSX or something like that. uh, And they also have, you know, some people were saying, oh, if there was no announcement here, there's also Xbox Live, I think it's called. Like, I, I know that's the like actual online service for the actual Xbox, but I think that's also the name of a small Xbox uh, convention. And they're like, well, I would well, maybe, yeah, same, <laughs> you know, we're both yeah. PlayStation people, but they were saying, Oh, maybe they'll put something there. And I think that's coming up soon. But yeah. because most of maybe. the exclusives have been on PlayStation, all of us were assuming that it would be something Sony or PlayStation related. Uh, the conference that you were talking about, yeah, uh, that Sony does or PlayStation PlayStation does, uh, they do, I think, at the very end or, or near the beginning of December, sorry, uh, end of the year. Okay. But, you know, it's still something that we are hoping for. You know, we talked about it today. Uh, you said that we shouldn't have hyped it up as much. And I'm just like, well, why? I understand it was the 80th anniversary of Batman and it was the perfect time to do it because it worked. Everybody was talking about it. But to do that and then come up with nothing, like, I was just like, oh, my gosh. There were so many people throwing, like, stupid, silly gifts all over the uh, all over Twitter and stuff like that. It was so funny. But for me, I just I, – I want this news. This is something that we've been waiting for for how many years now? I think the Arkham Knight game yeah, came like out – Four, five, yeah. What, 2012? Maybe like four. 13? No, hold on. Has it been that long? No way. No, I think it's. I think it was right when I moved back into San Antonio, so 2014, 2015. Possibly. Uh, Yeah, that seems more plausible. So it's been about four to five years since that game has come out, and it left us on a cliffhanger. So. Yeah, a huge one. So, yeah, so everybody is, you know, the internet did go crazy about this. I did make the point that I think it's more on us. 
than it is the studio. Yes, they can hype stuff up, but I think it's us thinking that, you know, it, it was coming here and, like, you know, speculating about stuff and blah, 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 blah. Uh, we've gotten too bad at that nowadays with society and just social media and everything. And be like, oh, it's going to happen here. It's kind of like you mentioned uh, your wife with the Taylor Swift stuff. You know, she's a big <laughs> Taylor Swift fan. They go crazy every time Taylor Swift posts something. I'm a Taylor Swift fan too, by the way, everybody listening. But, uh, you know, I don't get into that to where, like, they're like, oh, it's a cryptic message and blah, blah, blah. And I think as nerds, we do that when our gaming companies do this. So I think that's a little bit of the issue I'm excited for this. Uh, we don't know anything about it. So, yeah, I would have loved for a trailer to come out or something that, you know, we could get some details on. You know, but we... I mentioned this earlier today. Uh, 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 well, Go I was going to say, you know, the first time that I was on this podcast, we talked about the canceled, uh, you know, futuristic Arkham game with Damien. Uh, you know, with these symbols alluding to the League of Assassins and uh court of owls that still may be true you know we could very much see something like that we've heard some pitches from some other fellow fans and journalists on twitter which sound really really awesome but you're right we don't have any idea what this game is going to be about so still looking forward to it for sure uh i hope that it is a futuristic apocalyptic game with damien or i would even love it even more if it was a dick grayson game like uh, some people, yeah. Had. I think a Dick Grayson game would be a Dick Grayson game would be awesome with Damien as your yeah. Robin. I would be something more like that because, uh, you know, because it even if it is that with Dick Grayson, then you can still do another game or two after that with Damien taking over the mantle of Batman in the future in a burnt up Gotham or whatever you want to do. I think that would be kind of dope. Uh, but yeah, so we're still waiting seeing on this game. But uh, the next biggest news that actually dropped on Batman Day, and it is something that we've talked about on this podcast before. We've been very curious about what's going to happen. We've had theories about who it was going to be. But they have finally announced that we are getting the next Batman writer after Tom King, who will still be writing Batman while this writer is writing the current title. Uh, he'll be doing Batcat, obviously. Uh, James Tinian IV is going to be taking over the writing duties on the main Batman title. And his artist is going to be Tony Daniels, who is currently drawing the City of Bane arc uh, with Tom King writing. And, uh, yeah, so uh, this is going to be very interesting. And, uh, Clay, I'm going to let you say your words first on this, because uh, I don't know. Have you read a lot of Tinian? I have read a lot of Tinian. Uh, I read every now and again his uh, Justice League Dark that's been out for quite some time. Uh, I have read a few issues of... Uh, eternal from the dc universe app uh, not everything uh just stuff that has been recommended of course uh he is co-writing justice league right now uh he has done he, he has done a lot for dc recently and we talked about this earlier uh he's done a lot yeah, of he's done a lot of batman and i believe here i was actually looking it up i'm on his twitter account right now he actually like 212 yeah, he issues. does like to the exact how many issues yeah. he has done uh, I believe it is he posted a lot since, <laughs> you know. And oh, yeah, he's very social. He's been very social. He's been social talking, media. you know, he's been giving like asking people, what do y'all want from a Batman uh, book? You know, what kind of villains do y'all want? What kind of story do y'all want? Yeah. 
Oh, right here. I honestly don't think I would ask that as a writer. I think it's because then you're going to piss everybody off when you don't give it to him. But he said here, he just added it all up. I have worked on 221 issues from the Batman Bat family uh, since 2012. So that's since. So for seven years, he has he he has written a lot of Batman. Uh, Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, Eternal was a weekly book, which was insane. Yeah, it was, so was it fifty two issues? It was fifty two. Or was it like thirty something? It was fifty two, just like everything else. Yeah, so Batman uh Batman Eternal was actually a really good story. If you read Snyder's run it was co written by Snyder as well, right? Yes. So uh yeah, so if you were reading, you know, Snyder's run during New Fifty Two, I and you haven't read Eternal, I would highly suggest reading Eternal because it fills in so many blanks that you might not have checked out. And it also ties in with Detective. Like, New 52, Batman at least, was very well connected among Detective and Batman and this Batman Eternal. So I highly suggest reading all the New 52 stuff if you haven't um, because it was really good. And Eternal was a pretty solid story. Now, I want to say I've read Batman and Robin Eternal, but I might have not finished it. But I do remember what I was reading was pretty solid, and it had a cool concept going on because I believe it had Dick Grayson coming back from being a uh, part of Spiral. He was a spy, and he was going back to not necessarily being Nightwing, but he was kind of you know flashbacking with stuff that happened with Robin and talking to the other Robins and stuff like that. So it was a really cool concept, but I just don't remember finishing it because it was another one of those series that had a whole bunch of issues. And also, so I never he did a lot it. of the uh, backups and annuals. Well, I don't think he did the annuals, but he did a lot of the backups for Scott Snyder's New 52 Batman run. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did do a lot of that. And the reason why you'll hear their names together is J- uh, James Tinian is actually a student of Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder actually teaches a class and a uh, writing class about comics and stuff like that. And I guess he discovered Tinian. I don't know what the story is, but he is a student of Scott Snyder. So Scott Snyder more than likely brought him into the business, and they've been working together ever since. They're currently working on together on Justice League. But I believe both of them will be getting off the project sometime mid-2020, mm-hmm. going on to do different things. But Tinian will be the new Batman writer. And I, you know, Clay will, uh, you know, what well, he's heard a lot more about the, you know, background of what's going on here. But I will just say that I think this is a solid choice. James Tinian, I have liked a lot of his Batman stuff that he's written. My biggest concern is how much is this going to involve Tom King stuff? Is he going to ignore Tom King stuff this whole time? Because Tom King will still be writing his story at this time in Batcat. Is this going to be set before that, after that? But we've heard things like, you know, he's going to bring Nightwing back, which if that's the case, then that means he's acknowledging everything King's done or a majority of stuff King's done because that's what King did in his run was actually shooting Nightwing. So it's going to be very interesting. But uh, before we learned who Tinian was, we had a big theory that Clay's favorite writer of all time was actually going to be the Batman writer, but that is not the case, and Clay is going to tell you possibly why. Yeah, so I have a few friends, of course, uh, that do have uh, connections on Twitter with a lot of writers, editors, and everything else uh, inside of DC. They have had a few conversations with them talking about why uh, DC decided to choose with Tinian and not. And even before Tinian was announced, you know, kind of what were the rumblings that were going on while the decision was being made? I've said it before, 
Uh, a lot of people agreed that Tinian is a safe choice for the Batman. It's not necessarily their first pick. Their first pick was Bendis. Bendis actually turned it down. Um, who knows why? Unfortunately, I think it was because he wants to, you know, haunt me forever and stay on action in Superman <laughs> for, you know, yeah. until the day I die, which I hope that, you know, gosh. But uh, <laughs> they were there was just a lot of people saying that a lot of people didn't want to take Batman because he is a character that is basically the weight of DC on your shoulders. And that's funny. I mean, I, I understand that point because he is in everything, yeah. but I feel like that's what they also said about Superman. Like, every, I guess what Superman's thing is like, how do you write a good Superman story? Cause he's like, invincible. yeah, you know, the big thing with that was, and I feel like is, is, you know, how is he relatable, you know, and then Jurgens and Gleason did a really cool thing with, you know, bringing a lot of the family dynamic in there and that's how they humanized him and made a really cool stories with that. Batman, if he doesn't, you know, do this, that, or the other, there's small pockets of crowds in the fandom that just go nuts. That's just how it is. And, you know, whenever you think of DC, as much as I don't like it, people think of Batman. Like, yeah, Superman sure. is, like, the number one issue, that action comics number one. But when most people think of DC, when they think of movies, when they think of everything else, they think of batman it's just yeah he's the only superhero with his own yeah, day you know and i i give it to him you know that that is just how it is and i've come to terms with that as much as i you know when i get into dc <laughs> i'm going to make that change for superman i swear but uh there was just a lot of drama going on with this whole debacle on who should be the Batman writer. And, you know, we've talked about it before on this podcast about the possibility of a person of color taking the mantle as Batman. You know, we didn't know if that was an idea of a writer or if that was a decision that came directly from DC and said, hey, whoever writes Batman has to make this happen. And so I think that also, if that was the case, you know, writers, I feel like they do take direction, of course, from their bosses. But writers want to write what they want. And so being forced to throw in a big change like that is unfortunately going to put a target of harassment on your back. For sure. Regardless of if us individuals liking it, I'm unfortunately going to tell everybody there's going to be some people who don't. You know, we still have those questions because that hasn't been finalized or as far as been announced. Tinian has been uh, a pretty good writer recently. Uh, he has said some questionable, well, he's written some questionable things in Justice League, making Batman seem a little bit more playful and stuff. But I think he has he has already come out to say that he wants to make a horror type genre with Batman in his run, which I don't know if we're all going to feel because it's going back to monthly. If it was bi-weekly, then we can feel the intensity of it. But it's going to be a book where I read it and then I'm going to forget about it until it comes back. And so And I think that's why I like King's Run so much cuz it has been weekly, bi-weekly, yeah, bi-weekly. And you know, I only have to wait 2 weeks. 
And, you know, obviously we get the books early, so I only wait a week and a half, you know, and I get it like way sooner, maybe, maybe even less. Like, yeah, about a week and a half, maybe. Uh, and so, like, I've been able to read this thing and be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, because everything's still fresh in my yeah. mind. But, yeah, I mean, it was it's like I was telling you, I recently read uh, Tom King's Mr. Miracle again. I was reading that monthly and it was just it was so much better when I got to remember everything as I was reading it. But, you know, when it's monthly, and I believe it got delayed once or twice, and you just forget everything. You forget all the little details of like, oh, yeah, that's why that happened, or blah, 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 blah. So it will be interesting to see what Tinian does. I believe he has, what, 14 issues is what he's going to he get? He has, I believe, because he starts at 86. Yeah. 80. Yeah, so he's going he's to 100. He's going to 100. That'll be 14 issues. That should leave him right at March of 2020 or 2021. So and that is right before when... San Diego Comic-Con basically. Well, I mean that's 3 months, 4 months before. Comic-Con's in July. So Wait, that'll I be a lot, math, right? That'll Hold be way on. different. So he's going to start in January. Yeah, 12 months and then it, January, the new writer will March. come out in yeah. March. So the new writer will come out in March. Yeah. So possibly San Diego of next year will possibly yeah, will be the announcement. the announcement of the new writer. So that could be a thing, or they could wait till you know, New York Comic Con is another big one that they could do. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there is, as of right now, we're assuming that we're going to get a Black Batman. The rumor is that once 100 happens, because even Tom King himself has said there's this big thing that they're going to be doing at Batman 100, is where we think the new Batman will get introduced. More than likely, it's going to be Luke Fox or somebody else. Uh, he's basically a person of color. And then DC is going to go back to number ones, at least for Batman. And it'll be, you know, if it's a black Batman, of course, they want a number one on it. So everybody's going to go buy that issue because it's a number one. It's a new Batman, blah, blah, blah. And then that'll be the new series. And uh, we've talked about it. We, you know, we had a very in-depth conversation. I believe it was the last time you were on here, mm -hmm. right? Was that? We talked about the whole, like, possibility of a black Batman and how we don't have an issue with it. But we just don't want this to be a thing to, you know, push sales and where we're not going to give a damn about this character afterwards. Uh, Clay actually mentioned, you know, that he loves the black Superman that was on, you know, Earth 2. Recently just made a comeback to comics. I told so, Clay that I was like, hey, you got to so read this So that wasn't issue. Earth 2. That was Earth 23. I did make a mistake on that. Uh, okay. Yeah, so Earth 23 Superman was the president Superman. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that character. It was, he wasn't the president or there are two. I don't believe so. So let's see here because I know, cause I know they got away from the president thing because if I'm not mistaken that the president Superman was like, kind of like a gimmicky Obama one. And that's why they were like, he was the president, but then they did an earth Two one where they changed his name to Von L. I think it's his name. Yeah. So, uh, Val L. Yeah, Val So President go. Superman is from Earth 32. Okay. And then Val Val Zod, not Val L. Yeah, Val, Val Zod is from Earth 2. So there is technically two black Supermans. Yes. Uh the sup uh the uh President Superman has made a reappearance in uh Flash Forward that came out last week if people want to pick that up. But uh, I love those characters. Uh, it brought a new dynamic, and they had really interesting origins, and I fell in love with them. If Tinian, if he's the one to introduce this new black Batman, if he can 
you know, bring me in with a good origin, with a, you know, sense of caring for this character, I'm all for it. But if it's just this character just to do it, I feel like it's going to be noticed and people will not care. Yeah, for sure. And that and that's definitely longtime readers will pick up on it immediately new readers that are coming because of the gimmick if it is a gimmick i don't want it to be a gimmick but as of right now it seems like that um but you know if tinian can start building this character for the next year uh i'll be for it i just i don't want this to you know of course you're gonna have your people that are gonna get off this book because it's a black batman and unfortunately you know that's how those people feel it's whatever you know it's not something i agree with but hey it's a free country but my biggest thing is I just, like I said in that last podcast, I don't want this to just, somebody's just going to ignore it and say like, oh, this was just, you know, PC or blah, 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 blah. Like, I want people to not forget this character because that's just what usually happens. It's so hard to have a Batman that people are going to remember. The only person that, the only person that people ever cared about was Dick Grayson, but it's because he's been there since day one almost. And that's why they're okay with Dick Grayson because he is the rightful heir to the throne of Batman. And the biggest question is, if Tinian does bring back Nightwing, like the rumors are saying, that is going to cause so much controversy as to why Dick Grayson is not going to be Batman. Because King's shown him taking up the mantle when, you know, Bruce is having some issues. The Another rumor that's going on is Bruce might die or he's going to retire after Tom King's Bat- Batman Catwoman, and they're just going to get married or whatever and retire. But, you know, that's kind of weird. Again, why wouldn't Dick Grayson take the mantle? That's going to be the biggest question. And so that is my biggest thing is you're going to have to get around the family aspect because there's like five Batmans waiting in line. Hell, I'd even give it to Barbara before I gave it to somebody else. I'm surprised nobody has said, hey, why don't you make Barbara Batman? Yeah, like, I'm I'm very surprised that, too. I mean, although we did have that Tom King thing where she was like, why can't I be Batwoman? You know what I mean? So, like, she's like, why do I got to be girl? Like, so it was a cool little thing there. But even then, like, there's so many people waiting in the wings to be Batman. And I just don't understand how this person is going to jump the line. And you're going to have to, for me as a longtime reader, again, don't care about this change, is I care about how you're going to make me believe that. And that's all I want from this. So it's going to be very interesting. So we're going to see if Tinian is going to be the man to, you know, make everybody believe. Yeah, for sure. And that, that that's a hard task. One, you're taking over Batman from a very successful writer. There are people that do not like Tom King. But crazily enough, there were people that didn't like Scott Snyder. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes because we've had solid Batman writers for a really long time. I'm really wishing James the best, and I hope he's going to be one of those people. Unfortunately, his run's going to be very small, but I'm hoping there are going to be people that are like, dude, James yeah. Tinian. Small, but hopefully amazing. impactful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, wish him the best. Hopefully he's going to, you know, kill it. But uh, we're going to move on to the other big comics of this week that involve Batman. And we're going to start off with Harleen which is the new Harley Quinn book that is on Black Label. If you guys don't know what Black Label is, it is DC's more mature reader, more adult. And, uh, you know, basically it's Elseworld stories in a just for, for a mature audience. And in Harleen, in this book, it's very interesting because we're basically getting to know Harley Quinn before she became Harley Quinn and leading up to her obsession with the Joker. So it's a very interesting story. And, uh, yeah, Clay, what did you think about it? You know, I told you from the start and even before this book came out 
this artist, this writer, is one of my favorites in DC. Uh, just because of the style of art, uh, he has done some really cool things in the past. He does a lot of fan fiction. Uh, he got really, really popular with doing a random fan fiction between Wonder Woman and Tomb Raider before. And, oh, yeah, and like that. there was like a whole conversation between him and Gail Simone that like wanted to make it a reality and like all this stuff. Uh, she was like, here, you know, I'll throw you a pitch. We can, you know, co-write it. You can draw it. And I legitimately thought they were going to go to DC with this. And I'd be like, that's kind of cool. But uh, like you said, uh, the art sometimes seems very unfinished at times just because of the palette and the type of uh, coloring he does. Yeah, it doesn't have like bold lines. Yeah. That's the style. Yeah. Uh, but just like what we were talking about, the possibility with a black label movie, this is basically the Harleen, just like how it's titled, before she gets all cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs with Joker. And I enjoyed it. It was a very long read. It was something that unfortunately. Yeah. 60 plus. I will pages. say the one thing that that's the thing that hindered it because several times throughout the book, I did look at the page count. Um, that's usually a sign of man, you know, when are things going to hurry up? When is this going to end? But I still enjoyed it. I love the interaction or basically the whole thing with Batman and Joker fighting and that first interaction. That was cool. The just the way she explained the situation was really, really cool. I love the way he uh, uh, Stefan Sajic draws Batman. Uh, I know you didn't necessarily like the way he drew Joker because he's very handsome yeah. and like that. Yeah, he's a very pretty yeah. boy in this comic yeah. book. And you know, I I would you know I'm still gonna read this book uh, all the way through. I love the idea. Oh, yeah. I bought it. Oh, you did. You went you went ahead and grabbed yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, mine should yep. be coming in the mail soon, okay. but I still need to purchase uh, issues two and three and pre-order them. I really love the panel where she's walking away from, uh, I forgot where she was walking away, but her shadow was, oh, it's was Harley. Harley Quinn. Yeah. That was really cool. That's when she's walking into Arkham, yeah. I think. She's walking into Arkham and, yeah. and you see that. So I thought that was really, really cool foreshadowing that's when you see Joker like in the straight jacket and stuff. And I like the subtlety of the ending of this book the mr, mr. J. J. yeah so i i enjoyed this book i look forward to seeing some other characters because there was harvey dent thing that happened in there as well uh so i i, I enjoyed the book and i'm really looking forward to what will come into you know will it end with her becoming harley or will it go into a little bit after that to go into what kind of relationship they have once she fully changes. Yeah, I really enjoyed this book too. Just like Clay said, I actually looked at the page count too. I stopped reading like twice. Not because uh, it wasn't super interesting, but I did have things to do while I was reading it. And I was just like, "How? when is this going to end? So that was one thing that did hinder it because it was just a lot of story. Uh, but it was interesting. I love the concept of it. I will say shout out to this book and shout out to the writer, uh, but who is also the artist, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, because this book actually, while I was reading it, I was like, oh, I have an idea. And then I went and wrote down an idea. So any book that can give me inspiration, I don't care if it's good or bad. I'll always be like, shout out to that book because it gave me some inspiration to go write something. 
So I thought this was pretty cool because I just got a, like a little spurt of inspiration while reading this. But at the same time, yeah, it was really nice to see just Harley before being Harley. And you got to see like, you know, just the one thing I did tell you is this book does seem very fanfic. So if you are somebody that likes fanfic, the art is right up your alley. Like if you've ever been on Tumblr and you've seen fanfic art, this is it. 100 oh yeah and he he and, has placed some of that out there for the world as well yeah yeah for sure and and I, that's what i saw i was like i've seen this guy before and i know that it was like that so it's but again the book is still very beautifully drawn it's nice the dialogue's cool and yeah my only gripe with it was the long pages like there were so many pages but the story the easter eggs and stuff we can expect for the future is really cool the one thing i did like was that Harley was like she's she's going to Arkham to try to find her big break. A lot of people like she she wants to she has this theory about how like she could cure basically the criminally insane. She just needs one test subject. And she starts interviewing like Ivy and Killer Croc and just all of these people and just none of them are showing any empathy. They're just like, you know, screw you, blah blah blah, doc. But when she notices the Joker, she starts she puts the Joker to the side. She's like, I'm not going to interview the Joker because she had an encounter with him that started giving her nightmares. Like that's how this book starts off. You know, she's having nightmares because of this inner like this uh basically the Joker is about to shoot her. She thinks she's going to die and he basically does like the kind of like the bang thing that's playing a trick yeah. on her. I actually really like that part because like he chooses not to shoot her and then his henchman was like why didn't you just kill her and he's like oh well I saw in her eyes that I'm going to be seeing her very soon in her dreams. And I was like oh man that's so cool. So, you know, she's having these nightmares and she just won't touch Joker's file, but you know, after everything, I believe uh, is it somebody like calls her I think it's Hugo mm -hmm. Strange, right? Or somebody calls her out and like you're just like a crackpot, like your thing theories aren't going to work. And she's just like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to, like, make... Oh, it's after Harvey Dent calls oh, her out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey Dent calls her out in this thing and says, like, I don't want you to do your theory anymore, blah, 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 get rid of it. And she's basically like, fuck you. And then she goes and she's like, I'm going to interview the Joker. And she starts looking over all of his tapes and stuff, and she notices that the Joker's a liar. Like, he lies about everything. Like, there's not one truthful thing that he tells doctors. And she's like, this is my test subject because I need to find out why he's lying and blah, blah, blah. So she goes in to talk to the Joker, and he just starts doing his Jokeriness. Like, he's just saying what he needs to say to get in her head. And you can see the little seeds that he's starting to plant, which I did really like in this book. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going. I did love the subtlety to the end where he's like, call me Jay, and she's like, okay, Mr. Jay. And I'm just like, oh, okay, boom, yeah. that's where it's starting. So if you are a fan of Harley Quinn, if you're a fan of the relationship that she's having with Joker, highly suggest go pick up this book. Like I said, it does seem very fanfic, and Clay even showed me a panel from issue three that my theories are 100% things. Because I told him when I was reading this book, I genuinely felt with the art, eventually there's going to be some porn in here. Like, there's got to be. Although DC's kind of nixed that idea. They're not going to do that after the bad dick stuff. But I just feel like with that art style, I'm like, who's getting naked? Like, it's going to happen in this book. I think, it, I think it'll be very subtle, kind of like how they did in yeah. White Knight without showing anything yeah. i think it'll turn into that but also some uh some people have described this and i actually saw this on twitter as a really cool way of, of describing it because of the format of this book they said this is a character study book that is basically in an imax format so because of how big it is and i haven't okay. seen how it looks in yeah. person uh, i've only seen it on my mm -hmm. screen but uh 
you know, if you're a fan of Sajix art, definitely pick it up. This is something that you could legitimately have just out and about because of how thick it is. I would still recommend a bag yeah. and board, but if you're not that kind of person, this could honestly be a coffee table book. It's just that yeah. big and that beautiful, so I highly recommend it. Yeah, so definitely go pick that up if you guys are into that. So two of the other books that kind of tie in together, uh, we're going to talk about real quick before we get into the last book that I do really want to talk about. Uh, we had Detective, which uh, involved Mr. Freeze, which was we finally got to this damn story. Finally. Because it's been teased for the last two to three issues with just the last two pages. Uh, we had a Deadshot story with Batman, and like you know, Deadshot was trying to kill some billionaires that were on this plane. Blah blah blah. Batman saves the day. But at the end of each issue, Mister Freeze was doing something, and we just didn't know what was happening. We finally got the issue to see what he's doing, and he's trying to bring his wife back to life with some serum that you know he was given to him about from Luther, who's you know the whole year of the villain event is currently going on. Luther's sending all this stuff out to big villains. And Mr. Freeze doesn't obviously doesn't trust Luther, and he wants to test this serum out on other different types of people. So he's having all these goons go out and capture women that look like his wife, so he can test out this serum on them to see if it'll actually bring her back. And he's like freezing some of them. He's like getting some of them near death and trying to do this. It's a pretty creepy, crazy story. I enjoyed the art in it, uh, but. Again, it didn't feel like a lot happened in this book. Would you agree? Yeah, I will be honest. Uh, I was skipping out on the last story arc of Detective with Deadshot because I just wasn't really feeling it. And it was just angering me more and more that we weren't getting a story of Deadshot when that's when every single cover was showing us. I mean, not Deadshot, uh, Mr. Freeze. You know, I genuinely thought, oh, this is going to be a Mr. Freeze book. Nope. Oh, this one's going to be a Mr. Freeze book. Nope. And so I just stopped reading it. But as I was telling you earlier this week, this, you know, everything that I didn't read in those backups for the prior arc was told in the first three pages of this one. So I didn't miss anything. So this is a good, you know, uh, picking up point here. Uh, the art Doug Mankey did for this story has been a lot better than he was doing earlier. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I love the panel where Batman is standing on the bat symbol. Uh, really, yeah, that really reminded me of the uh, return of Batman in S Snyder's run in New 52. Uh, and this whole idea that we're finally possibly going to see Nora unfrozen and alive. I think that's really cool. We, uh, small spoilers for anybody who hasn't read the first Curse of the White Knight, but she is alive there. And, uh, and they do it in a different way there, but it's, you know, it's something, but that is a Elseworld. This is going to be in continuity. So if he succeeds, it'll be very interesting. And also, if it does end up happening, will Batman tell Mr. Freeze to, you know, change her back or do whatever? Because technically, Mr. Freeze is doing a good thing for Nora, just in a very bad way. I don't think Batman would have her go back. That would be really weird. He'd just put him in jail yeah. again. Um, but it would be interesting to see if she would try to get him out. Would she become yeah. a villain to do that? So there could be a new story here happening with, um, with Nora. Although I will bring this up that you might have not thought about. 
uh, freaking Tomasi just retconned freaking uh, Mr. Freeze's story from Scott Snyder. Yeah. Because cause if you guys don't know, Scott Snyder made Mr. Freeze basically somebody that was just prying on girls that he liked. Yeah. And uh, was just kind of like a creepy guy that, you know, was like, oh, you're my Nora. And he basically, nobody was his Nora. Like, he was just a random psychopath. So uh, that basically got retconned, which I'm I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, okay there with that. Was I actually the, enjoyed the, Mr. Freeze's original I feel like the biggest, origin. like, hot take for not liking Snyder's run was that particular issue. And I believe it was an annual in that. So I think that's really the only thing a lot of people didn't like. Uh, so to retcon that one thing, I think is okay. To be completely honest, so that was that was one of the biggest things that happened here. Now, one of the things that uh, some people that have been reading the Tom King run noticed is Alfred's in this issue, and there is a note in this that says all of these events in this book take place before Batman seventy seven. So connecting the detective continuity to the Batman continuity. And uh, so we see Alfred in this book. He's working on the Batwing, and it's just I always like seeing stuff like that because like you don't you see a lot of Alfred, but you don't know how badass Alfred really is. Like he's like a mechanic, he's a medic, he's everything, and that's why he's the second most important person in Batman in the Batman universe. Uh, but the other thing you'll notice that if you would have read this is you don't see Gordon in this book, and it's because he is tied up currently with stuff that is happening with the Batman who laughs. And that's a nice segue jumping up into another book of ours, which is Batman Superman number two, written by Josh Williamson. And uh, this one's interesting because it shows Gordon. So uh, we have Gordon who is infected, would you say, by the Batman who laughs? Because he's not Jokerized, but he's like working for him. Well, he is infected because if you remember at the very end of the Batman who laughs black, well, uh, it wasn't even black label, but the issue seven of that issue uh somebody was talking to gordon and he walked away and he took down his glasses and you saw his his eyes like bloodshot red yeah so yeah, i think yeah, yeah, i, I think he is infected in some sort of capacity but somehow the batman who laughs is able to like keep him under control in a very normal state because he is not acting like himself whatsoever he's still working with the batman who laughs he is like very stoic and all of his panels that he's in he has like no emotion so i think it's some sort of mind control or being infected so yeah throughout this issue uh you know just to make it just real short here batman and superman are fighting shazam this whole time it's what happened at the end of the old, the last issue and uh basically i would say they get their ass kicked yeah. Um, because, you know, Superman is, he's, you know, he's weak to magic, and Batman is a human. He just tries to do badass things. He ends up having to get taken to Superman's, uh, like, hyperbolic time chamber, basically, at the Fortress of Solitude. And uh, they basically get their ass kicked by Shazam. And then they're trying to figure out what they can do to beat these guys, because they're getting their ass kicked. Uh, and then, you know, long story short, we see the stuff with Gordon. He got something for somebody, a mystery person that we don't know yet, because it's not the Batman Who Laughs we found out. So he's working for somebody else. So that's going to be very interesting. We do know that there are agents that are secret agents that are working for the Batman Who Laughs because he's infected them. So it could be another secret agent, or it could be a new player that we don't even know about. But at the end of this issue, one of the biggest and weirdest things that kind of happened 
was they want to get information out of the Batman Who Laughs. Batman, of course, has fought this dude for the last, I don't know, year and a half. Yeah, basically. I don't know how long this thing's been going on for now. But um, Superman jokerizes himself to talk to the Batman Who Laughs, and that's kind of where this comic book ends. And it was just kind of weird to me. It was very, very weird. I want to say Marquez on art is still very, very awesome. The yeah, the art is the, beautiful. The panels where Batman is like putting his fingers together, kind of like watching everything. Yeah, absolutely love those panels. If Marquez ever puts these uh, as prints or possibly sells the original art, I want to see with a price on those suckers. I feel like they will be very high. I will not be able to afford it, but they look beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the panels where he's in the chamber yeah. are amazing. Also, just a little side note: I think it's absolutely badass that Batman knows Kryptonian. I think that was really, really awesome. Uh, but like you said, uh, he does Superman does Jokerize himself, uh, and even that art looks really, really cool. But just the idea of it seems very, very weird. I know that he is a investigative reporter part time, but I just don't think that putting Superman in that state is very very smart i know that in the beginning of this book the whole point was to jokerize superman in the very beginning with billy batson trying to do it i just i just don't know what the end game is for batman to do with superman at this point uh yeah it it was very weird um because it does seem like a batman move and we literally just saw it be a batman move uh what it, it wasn't willingly in that batman who laughs story but you know what? It's just it does seem like something that's more up Batman's alley. Uh, I will say because Clay mentioned that you know Superman is an investigative support uh, reporter. Totally forgot that by the way. <laughs> totally forgot that when I was reading this book because uh, when you're finding out that before you know to make it a big surprise that you know Superman is going to Jokerize himself, he's talking about how only two people know where the Batman who laughs is. It's Batman and Superman. And Batman's like, I, you know, you know, I, I didn't think anybody knew. And he's like, you forget I'm an investigative, you know, investigative journalist, blah, blah, blah. And while I was reading that, I was kind of getting mad because I genuinely thought that it was going to be Lois Lane. Because when I think of reporting, I think of Lois Lane. I was like, if Lois Lane knows these damn secrets about the Justice League, I'm going to be so Oh, pissed. I would have been pissed too. And that goes back. Yeah, th- it goes back to Bendis because Bendis is making her like one of the world's greatest detectives which is dumb and i'm just like what it, it it it's dumb i don't like the idea but that's not what we're talking about uh yeah yeah but, that's a whole different thing but i'm just saying that's what i yeah. thought was happening uh but overall like i said really really enjoyed the art for this book i think that is probably one of the biggest sells on me for this book because like i had said when we first read the book uh probably friday and saturday was yeah. I still feel like Williamson has not found who Batman really is. Like, he he has a lot of things down, and I, I really enjoy most of this book. But he has Batman, like, basically having one-liners. Like, he's having one-liners. So I think that's very weird for Batman to have one-liners. He's had him scoff and with a smile which Batman smiling is weird. I'm sorry. There's a panel where Batman or Superman is like saying that's enough and he's choking Shazam. And the very next panel, Batman is smiling. It looks weird. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't think 
that Batman is exactly who we would picture Batman to be in Williamson's writing. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me, do you think Williamson would be a good Batman writer uh, if Tinian, you know, once Tinian leaves, should Williamson write for Batman? And I said, give Williamson three arcs. So either nine issues or a year, basically, to, to really show what he can do with Batman. And right now, unfortunately, he's not impressing me too much. I do like, like I said, that he knows Kryptonian, which you said, why wouldn't he? Really cool idea. Um, I really like how Williamson has made uh, Marquez draw them very uniquely in the sense of like looking exactly like each other almost because that's the biggest thing yeah. batman looks like batman and he looks intimidating in this in yeah. this story yeah most times not the smiling part but a majority yeah of it. for sure uh, like those last few yeah. panels where he's just sitting at his cave and like looking at the monitors yeah awesome i would love him to be one of the next batman drawers to be oh honest. yeah like it, if It'd i could great. see more of that i would love i would love for because i feel like they have worked together because they both work with marvel if Tom Taylor and Marquez were to do a Batman book, sign me up. I would love that. Man, Marquez should actually take over for the three issues that uh, Clay Man's not going to be able to do in Batcat. Oh, that would be like, awesome. That would be great because it, it's not similar styles, but you know the coloring and stuff makes it very similar. So to, to kind of you know back piggyback off of what Clay was saying about how Williamson. Uh, talks about Batman and doesn't really find his things. Here's some things of dialogue. So Batman has just taken uh, the, I guess, Batman who laughs wing. I don't know what you would want to call it. But uh, it's basically his version of the Batwing. And he says, huh, the Batman who laughs makes a fast ride. Shame. That's literally Batman dialogue. And then uh, Batman jumps out of that thing, breaking through and stabbing Shazam with these, uh, I guess, blades or like batarangs. And he says, the jet was just a delivery method, punk. I'm always the weapon. And the one thing that uh, I hate that people write Batman is when they write Batman cocky. Because Batman is not cocky. He is the one, the last person that'll be cocky. And I mentioned this to Clay. I feel like Superman would be cocky before Batman. Yeah. And the reason why is Superman's unstoppable. Like, he can kick the shit out of pretty much anybody. So he'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, he's even said it to Darkseid before, you know? Like, oh, I've never been able to use my full power. I can use it against you, blah, 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 you know? Uh, and it's not, like, super cocky. It's just more of a, you yeah, know, dry and Batman kinda... isn't cocky. He's calculated. And so yeah, exactly. I think that whenever it, he does come off as cocky in some of these writings recently, because we've also seen it in Justice League, it's just like, it rubs me off. It rubs me the wrong way, and I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. It's not something I'm a fan of because he's usually the kind of person that will tell you don't ever underestimate your opponent. That is Batman. That's who he always tells Robin. Like he's constantly getting after Damian. Like, don't underestimate this person. Blah blah. Even in Tom King's run, like when Selena wanted to help him with Joker, he's like, no, like you do not know Joker. You cannot handle this, blah, blah, blah. Like he's a different beast. Like that is how Batman is. He doesn't underestimate anybody, whether he's met you for the first time or he's met you for the thousandth time. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, that's something I'm not a big fan of. But the art is amazing. So if you are into Batman and Superman, I'm glad they're working together. I've always been a fan of Batman and Superman teaming up. It's always been a good thing because they're so different. They're so, like their personality is different, but they're best friends. Like it's cool. Uh, some of my favorite Tom King moments were the date night uh, issues where they went on a double date. That was awesome. 
But we're going to go ahead and move on to the last comic book and uh, that we're going to cover in the podcast, and that is Curse of the White Knight, book three. Now, I will say, I thought this was only going to be three books because I thought it was on Black Label. I thought that was kind of the thing that Black Label did was you only get three books and it's done. But uh, apparently we're getting how many? Seven, Seven or six? eight because I believe the last okay. White Knight was eight issues. Okay, so we're going to be getting uh, – we'll just assume it's going to be eight. But uh, for those of you that have not known, I believe I covered it on the podcast. It was probably the second podcast or third podcast. Uh, but the last time we left off on The Curse of the White Knight, uh, the Order of St. Dumas or Azrael just blew up everything Batman owned. So this comic starts off with Batman in a blown-up Batmobile, like, sunken in the river. And uh, it turns out that now the GCPD knows who Batman is because it was the only thing Dick Grayson could do to save the Batman, which kind of blows my mind because he's Dick fucking Grayson. He should have been able to save him by himself, but whatever. It furthers the story. Uh, what did you think about this, Clay? I really enjoyed it. It surprised me a lot, especially with the ending. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, you know, I had... Uh, listen to Sean Murphy's interview with uh, Bat Force Radio. And so I had a little bit of uh, insider on some things. Not that big reveal at the very end. Uh, so I've been expecting some things to come in the future. Uh, honestly, I've forgotten about most of those. So thankfully, it'll still be a surprise when it comes. But, uh, you know, when when Dick Grayson gets everybody to save Batman and they save him because, you know, he gets out of the, uh, the water, he gets out of the bat cave and he reveals basically he, well, Dick Grayson had to reveal to everybody at the GCPD that Bruce was Batman. And he actually says it at the very beginning of this book, you know, I knew eventually I would have to confront you guys about who I am, blah, blah, blah. It's really weird how Murphy is telling this story because we, Learned at the very end of the very first book of Curse of the White Knight, uh, he revealed his identity to Gordon. And so we're like, okay, what does that mean? And at the very beginning of this book in issue one, he threw the idea of revealing it to everybody. And so we're like, Batman, what are you doing? And so we're slowly showing that, you know, I feel like eventually this will be a book where Gotham knows who Batman is very much. So, and I just don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I love the interactions between Batman and Harley in this book. Uh, they go on their own little investigation to find out the hidden message that was uh, underneath Arkham, I believe. And uh, with, they, they tried to find out what J they wanted Joker to tell yeah. them like what the message meant because he was the one that found it or Jack Napier was yeah. the one that found it and he erased it. So uh, Bruce wanted to use Harley who is pregnant by the way. I believe I mentioned this in the last uh, time I talked mm -hmm. about this book. She's pregnant with, we're assuming Jack Napier's child. Uh, but Jack Napier is, I mean, he's the Joker well, again and Joker doesn't give well, a fuck. I about will that say anymore. it's not a baby. He assumes, oh, he twin. assumes twins and yeah. Joker says some of the, messed up things about because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he said uh something about a you know i may have to, i may have to abort one of those uh 
Yeah, because one of them. Yeah, Napier's. because one of them's neighbor, and yeah. he said, "Batman, I'm. I don't suppose your utility belt has a coat hanger." Has a coat. I hanger. was like, "Oh my <laughs> gosh!" And the thing is, yeah, I will dude. say, I am glad that this is black label, and I'm glad that Murphy has made some sort of line that he said, "Hey DC, I'm not going to cross this line, but everything that isn't across that line, I'm going to hit it because there was that." And then, after that whole debacle, there is the Puerto yeah. Rican there's movie. a conversation between Gordon and uh, 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 Montoya, Montoya and Bullock, and Bullock says, you know, hey, if you don't want to be the commissioner, you can always open a food truck and call it <laughs> the Pink Taco because she's Puerto Rican and yeah. she's a lesbian. And I was like, yeah, what is this book? Oh my god. Yeah. I, yeah, so I will openly admit that I love shit like that. It's not something I would say personally. I would probably write it because I'm somebody that loves dark humor and I love shock humor. I'm a big fan of it. I'm a fan of Dave Chappelle and some people absolutely hate Dave Chappelle, but I think he's a great comedian. And I, you know, you got to know what's what's meant to be a joke and what's not meant to be a joke. And uh, you know, in this kind of writing, even in that con- in that context of the pink taco, she line, even la- yeah, he's and she even laughs about it and's like, yeah. "Oh, you're such an asshole," you yeah. know. And she's like, "Yo, I don't know if she throws a drink yeah, he in does. his face or she just like punches no, him she, or something." No, she she throws like, uh, a drink in his face and says, "You're an asshole, Bullock." And they're all and they're yeah, all laughing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's like if you've ever had that one friend, you know, you don't have lines with those friends and they're cops. And if you ever hung out with cops, cops will say some fucked yeah. up shit, but they see fucked up shit daily. Yeah. You know, it's how they get over things. So I had no issue with the dialogue. You had told me about that one that the abortion one caught me so off guard. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, like it was so insane. And, you know, like I said, I there were certain things that I thought Joker would never do or whatever. But, you know, reading more of his content, I'm like, oh, yeah, Joker is super. I At this point, and, I think uh, Joker will absolutely 100% do anything that you have read in some of the messed up stories of anywhere. Like, I genuinely think that's who Joker is. And yeah, I mean, he's constantly in the media right oh, now. Oh, my gosh. And I made this point to... Yeah, so we already talked about this on the podcast. I talked about how the Joker movie, we're going to get back to this comic book, but I talked about how the Joker movie is getting all this controversy. It's blowing up now. Like, YouTubers are covering it. It's on the news. The military has made, like, statements, you know, just yeah. stuff about it. Yeah, they made statements. But I made this, I told Clay today, I was like, the Joker is officially the most iconic villain of all time. Like, nobody is on his level. He's gotten so popular and so crazy that we have our military making statements about people going to his movie yeah. like that you are not going to get higher on the list of popularity or infamy than the joker and i always said the only other villain that could be up there on joker's level is darth vader in popularity and everything joker just blew that sky oh yeah high. for sure he's on his own path he's on his own pillar nobody is bigger or crazier than the joker and I will stand by that statement because I think he is the most iconic villain in history now. But with this but, ending, uh, coming back to this, yeah, comedy, I was gonna say with this ending, we have one cliffhanger, which is uh, Harley Quinn actually goes into labor at in the middle, like at the bottom of Arkham, 
And even Batman was like, I thought you were saying that it was just, you know, a false alarm. And she's like, well, clearly it's not. And we're not going anywhere. You're delivering a baby right now. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, crap. Yeah, so Batman's just about to see Harley <laughs> but um, So that'll but be happening. The biggest thing the bigger is, cliffhanger. is Gordon is talking to a Batman silhouette and then, you know, apologizing with how, you know, he stepped out of line with yelling at him and doing all this. And he says, just promise me no more secrets. Deal. And he puts his hand out to shake his hand. And he shakes his hand, but not with Batman. Because the very next thing with that part of the story is Gordon is shooting Azrael because that's who it was. And, you know, the cops inside the bar hear the shooting. They come out. They're in a huge firefight with the other uh, people of St. Dumas. And let me just say, Bullock hiding behind a single pole is hilarious. <laughs> I, I just saw I that while that. you were talking. Yeah, I just saw that while you were talking. Like, Montoya is wow. hiding behind a car. Uh, Duke is hiding <laughs> behind a garbage can. And the biggest guy there is hiding behind this yep. really thin pole. That, that is hilarious. Is hilarious. And that's probably why he gets shot. He, got, he does get shot in the shoulder. So yeah. nothing too, too serious. But when I saw yeah. that, I was like, like Murphy, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah. uh, but at this point, Azrael has uh, Gordon with his sword. And he says... Uh, They're on top of a building, yeah. too. And he's like saying something, what I assume is from the Bible. And then he says, tell the devil Azrael sent you. And he freaking stabs him right in the freaking chest. Yeah. With a flaming with sword. With a flaming, like, sword. And it's not just some gimpy sword. It is a sword. No, it's a... It's a huge yeah, it's a sword. sword. And, you know, that's when Harvey gets shot. Freaking Gordon falls all the way down into some alley. The last thing we see of this book is... Azrael throws him. He doesn't just fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, He throws yeah. him. He does toss him. Yeah. And you just see a bloody Gordon. His glasses fell off. And there's just blood falling down the drain. So it's a major death. Uh, if you guys know nothing about Sean Murphy or his run, he has said that anybody that dies in his book is going to stay dead. So we know that Alfred died in uh, White Knight. So Alfred is no longer in this book. And uh, now Jim Gordon is dead, which is very interesting. There are some preview pages at the end of this comic book that show Barbara getting really upset. And it looks like she's going to want to go kill Azrael. And uh, Batman is definitely going to have an issue with that because he still has a no-kill rule. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Barbara is going to be out for revenge in this next issue. Her father is dead. We all know how close Barbara and her father are, although they are at odds a lot of the times. Uh, especially even in the last issue. Uh, he found out that she was Batgirl, and he was not having it. It's why he was apologizing to who he was apologizing to Azrael, but he thought it was Batman. So... Um, yeah, and it was crazy that, you know, Montoya is the new commissioner now. Uh, he had just gave that to her. That's when the Pink Taco comment was made. Uh, he was resigning from being the commissioner and giving it to Montoya. And uh, she made the comment. She was like, this better not be some, uh, you know, like, you need a person of color in this thing for, like, logistics or some shit like that, which I thought yeah, was Yeah, and hilarious. even Gordon said, he's um, like, no, I'm not that kind of PR guy. Like, this is serious. I think you're the number one person for the job. And... Who would have known she had to take the job so soon? 
you know? Yeah, and, it, and it's pretty crazy because that's the one thing I love about Elseworld stories. And if you guys have never really tried to read different books like this, I highly suggest them because it's basically taking characters you already love and putting them in different situations. And, you know, Sean Murphy is he's a big fan of the Batman animated series. So if you are a fan of the animated series and you want to read more of those characters in comic books, pick up Sean Murphy's work because he's incorporating characters like that. And you just see random people just show up from the animated series and you're just like, oh, crap. Like, that's awesome Uh, because they're not in continuity of other books or they're not used at least. But Murphy's definitely doing that. And, uh, yeah, you get crazy surprises like that of people dying, and they're going to stay Yeah, dead. and so, yeah, these suggest- preview pages that I'm looking at right now, uh, they are in the back of the book. It looks like it's going to be a very emotional book. So I'm really looking forward to, to see what comes of the attempt or the actual success of killing if Barbara actually does it. Uh, but I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, and I was worried about reading this book, not not book four, but the series Curse of the White Knight, because I didn't like how White Knight ended. And I was very vocal about that when I talked to people uh, about this book, because it had Batman ending the book with like that he likes the violence and which I will say that hasn't been touched upon in this book. So I don't know if Murphy is planning on doing that later or, or if he's just forgot or about it. possibly retconning that statement, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't really see a backlash from it because of how critically acclaimed this book had become. Because one of the, one of the biggest things that uh, even Bat Force Radio had said when they interviewed him is the one way that you can tell how great of a success a story is is how much merchandise come up after it and there was already a statue by like issue four or five of white knight so they were like oh man this is this is gonna be a classic to remember so with it being that important i didn't really see a whole lot of backlash for that statement i know that we talked about it personally about you know you not liking it and it's Something that people have kind of argued with regular continuity Batman and just Batman overall of, you know, some with somebody who does this nightly, you know, yearly all around being Batman, does it get to the point where you're doing it just to do it? And that plays a lot with the uh, one season that you actually liked of Arrow. I think it was season five where he does make the statement to uh, I, I already forgot his name. But he said, you know, why the guy was asking Stephen Amell's character, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this, Oliver? And he said, because I like it. And, you know, that became a really big thing that people didn't like on that show. So I'm surprised that nobody has said anything about Batman himself than they did with a Green Arrow show. But I would honestly be okay if they retconned or if Murphy retconned that part of the story. Yeah, yeah, because he, he hasn't really brought it up, and we haven't really heard much about it. There are different players that haven't got a lot of exposure in this book yet because so much craziness has been happening. But we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we got four more books or maybe five more books after this one, and maybe we will get that answer. And, you know, maybe Harley's going to diagnose him with some craziness because they're becoming such besties now. Um, but, yeah, I think that's uh, that's going to be it for this, you know, comic book stuff. We had so much Batman stuff talking about this is probably the longest episode that we've had uh but uh, i think that's where we're gonna go ahead and end it peeps 
Uh, hope you liked all of this news. Uh, Clay, let them know where you can find us. I'm going to start putting Clay's uh, stuff in the descriptions of the podcast so we won't have to run down this every time. But, uh, Clay, go ahead and let them know where you can find out. Uh, where yeah, for find sure. You. So, of course, you can find me at Fanboy Clay on both Instagram and on Twitter. You can find my podcast at Fanboy Comics Pod on Twitter. And I also started my podcast back up again. It is the exact same place that you can listen to it on here on Anchor. Uh, I'm wanting to start a little bit of a community on there, so please, please, please try and download those episodes. Send me some voice messages as well. Uh, I think that would be very cool to try to uh, try to implement those into the show. I think that would be really cool. And uh, you can also find my show, uh, Comic Book Legion, with Mark on anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you are interested in reviewing comics as well, I have review copies. That's where uh, Juice gets his. And we are needing people to review books, not just DC, but Marvel, indie. Uh, as far as indie, there's Dark Horse, Image, uh, IDW. You know, there, there, there's all there's a lot a of, of books. books out there. Uh, so if you're interested in it, please let me know. Contact me via Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and I can make it happen. Just let me know. Yep, yep. So yes, again, like I said at the beginning of the announcement, Clay will be joining us. On the Batman News Weekly podcast going forward, again, if you can't join in, join us for that week, I will be carrying on the podcast alone like I have been. But uh, shout out to everybody again. If you want to follow me, all my stuff is in the description of this. I have been suggested, and we might start doing this, I have been suggested to throw these podcasts up on YouTube. So I do, since the OGs have been listening to it in an audio version, I'm going to keep it on here first, but I might start putting it on the pot, the podcast on YouTube, maybe on Saturday or Sunday. So if you want to listen to this first, you still want to download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, you'll get it here first. But I also think the podcast version on YouTube will more than likely have ads because that's kind of what YouTube does. Here, if you download it on Spotify or whatever, you will have it ad-free. Uh, unlike, you know, you won't have to skip ads or anything here. It's like, if we got, if, if somebody wants to sponsor us later, we're definitely going to have those ads because you people, <laughs> you know, why, come on, come on, got to make some money. But no, but uh, you won't have to go through the ads like you have to skip on YouTube and stuff like that. But, you know, I just want to try to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. So uh, hopefully in the future, I don't know if it'll be this one, maybe the next one, we'll be trying to get these on YouTube. So you can actually go listen to it over there if you want. But that is going to be it for the Batman News Weekly podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As always, I am your host, Juicebox. That is Fanboy Clay. As always, when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something about my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.